Okay, welcome to our 21st class, 21 classes in. So we'll review question 20 today, a couple background questions, 18 and 19, and then spend a few minutes talking about question 21. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for time this morning to not only think about the words that you've written, but what they mean, the truth that's in them, the truth about you, the truth about us, the truth about salvation. This morning, the truth of who our Redeemer is. Most of us know Him, but it is good for us to slow down and to think about how great Jesus is and why He's so great and why we should love Him and why we should obey Him and why we should honor Him, why we should follow Him over and above anything and anyone else. So help us today, young and old, take these truths and implant them deep in our hearts so that we would love You more. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Okay, so just a couple questions for review. Question number 18. I'll read the question and we can say the answer together. Will God allow our disobedience and idolatry to go unpunished? No. Every sin is against the sovereignty, holiness, and goodness of God and against His righteous law. And God is righteously angry with our sins and will punish them in His just judgment, both in this life and in the life to come. Question 19. Is there any way to escape punishment and be brought back into God's favor? Yes. To satisfy His justice, God Himself out of mere mercy, reconciles us to Himself and delivers us from sin and from the punishment for sin by a Redeemer. And that brings us to the question we memorized this past week. Question 20, who is the Redeemer? Any young people today who want to stand up and answer this question publicly? No one today? Are you thinking about it? You want to give it a shot, Titus? Okay. <laughs> so, you know, if I don't do this quick. <laughs> Ready? Ready? You almost caught that with your eye. So, nice job, buddy. Okay. That's right. Let's say... Oh, sorry, Rod. Who is the Redeemer? <laughs> nice job, Rod. Anyone else? Move up, Bowie. Halfway or closer. Okay. Let's answer it together then. Who is the Redeemer? The only Redeemer 
is the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, in whom God became man and bore the penalty for sin Himself. And that brings us to question 21. For those of you who've been struggling with some of these long answers, you're going to be happy this week. Question 21, what sort of Redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? Oh, there we go. When I first, when I first pulled it up this week, I, I thought it was on the, the children's version. So I kept clicking to make sure. Is that really it? <laughs> I know, I'm going to have to have a couple boxes. A couple boxes under here. That's good. There's a lot of stuff that I'm trying to memorize throughout the week. So it was nice to have a shorter one. Question 21. What sort of Redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? Let's say it together. One who is truly human and also truly God. And the children's version this week is the same thing. One who is truly human and also truly God. So we're all going to have the same thing memorized this week. Let me read you Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And this uh, prophesies, predicts the humanity of our Redeemer. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us, a child is born. A child. An, an actual, real child. Baby boy. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Augustine who wrote in the 4th and 5th century, he said this, and this was one of the commentaries included with this catechism question. Speaking of Jesus, He was made man in the mother whom He Himself had made. That's an interesting thing to think about. He was made, speaking of Mary, He was made man in the mother whom He Himself had made. He made Mary. Jesus is the creator. He's the agent of creation. He he created Mary. And he was made man in Mary. So that he might exist here for a while. Because remember we learned last week. The Son of God is the eternal Son of God. So the Son of God did not come into existence when Jesus was born. Jesus is when the Son of God became man. Sprung from her, speaking again of Mary, his mother, he sprung from her who could never and nowhere have existed except through his power. Again, that's fascinating to think about. Brian Chappell, he gave uh, some other commentary and he asked a a couple of really good questions. The first question was, why did... God have to become a man? Why did our Redeemer have to become a man? 
Because this question is talking about the the dual nature of our Redeemer. Jesus was man and He was God. He was the God-man. And He is alone in all of creation. So the Redeemer is human and also God. So we're going to ask those two questions. Well, why does He have to be human? And why does He have to be God? Chapel asks those two questions. But let me ask you a question. Sort of a trick question. If Jesus is, is God and man, how does the percentage work out? So what percentage is He human and what percentage is He God? I mean, is this split down the middle? Is this like 50-50? Is He 50% man, 50% God? I mean, this is how our minds think. Is He... Is he 75% human, 25% God? That doesn't sound so good. Maybe 75% God, 25% human. So how does the percentage work out? How much of Jesus was human? How much of him was God? Anybody confident they have the right answer? Blaze, you sure? Okay, what's the answer? That's a good answer. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100% man. 100% God. Now that does not fit in our puny brains, right? How is that possible? How is it possible for him to be the theologians say fully God and fully man? And yet this happens a lot when we read the Bible, right? There's things that are just obviously true that we still can't wrap our minds around. The Trinity, right? God is one in three persons. One plus one plus one equals one. That doesn't, that's really difficult to wrap our mind around. How can he be three persons and yet one God? How can, how can Jesus be fully God and fully man? And yet we'll see this, what the Bible clearly teaches. So he asks the question, back to that now, let's talk about the humanity of Jesus Christ. Why did he, why did he have to become Human. And he gave several, several answers. He had to become a human being to sympathize with us. In other words, to relate to us as his creation, to to understand uh, the, the trials that we go through and the temptations that we go through and what it's like to be a human being, what that feels like, what the what the joys are, what the sorrows are, what the. All of that, and and Jesus endured all of that so that he could now, from heaven, really sympathize with us. And you know how important that is. Think about when you're going through something and you have friends that are trying to help you. Aren't you more helped by someone who's gone through what you've gone through, who's been there, who understands it? Well, one of the things that Jesus is, Hebrews 4.15 talks about he is our he is our sympathizer and he's able to sympathize with us because he was in every respect tempted as we are yet without sin it means that the 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 root of every possible sin that Jesus himself was tempted with that he was tempted with that he he knew what it was like to be to be pulled in the wrong direction. He knew what it was like to have have evil carrots 
dangled before him, right? Don't you want this? Don't you want to do this? Wouldn't this be easier? Wouldn't this be nicer? Wouldn't this be better? So he's able really to to relate to us as our sympathizer. He had to become human also to sacrifice. To sacrifice. Remember, as human beings, we deserve God's wrath as sinful human beings. We deserve God's wrath. This is why the sacrifices were they were taught were needed. In the Old Testament, the blood of these sacrifices was needed to delay God's wrath. Our sin is such a big deal. God was saying blood is going to have to be shed. But of course, the blood of animals was not enough. There needed to be a perfect sacrifice. So Jesus had to come and to be a human so that he could take on our sin and be punished as a human in our place, in place of all the humans that he had come to die for. So to sympathize, to sacrifice, and now very similar to sympathize, but he is able to advocate for us. He's able to advocate for us and he was able as a human being to uh, accomplish for us. Let me read you a couple more things that Brian Chapel said in his commentary. Let's see, because Jesus was a human being, not only was he able to identify with what we experienced, but he could become, I just mentioned this, the perfect substitute for us. God had to provide a way for my sin my sin as a sinful human being to put, be put on another human being. And that was Jesus. And because Jesus took sin upon himself, having identified with us, when he rose from the grave and ascended to his father, he became the perfect advocate for us. Again, because he knows us. He knows what it's like. He's able now to advocate for us. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. Because he retains his human-like features and functions in his divine nature, he still, even now, at the right hand of God the Father, he still understands the entirety of our human experience and knows exactly what we need. So because of the the depth that he knows us as people, as human beings, and knows our strengths and weaknesses because he himself experienced it, he knows exactly what our needs are. Therefore, he is able to advocate for us and for our needs in heaven. In fact, to pray for us, we're told. He knows exactly how to pray for us. He knows exactly what we need. He can actually remember. Think about that. He can remember when you're going through something. He can remember what that's like. He can remember what that feels like. He can remember the sadness. He can remember the elation. He can remember the temptation. But he's also God. So he he had to become a human being so that he could sympathize with us so that he could sacrifice for us, so that he could advocate for us, and so that he could actually accomplish accomplish our redemption. So that he could die. God cannot die. God is eternal, which means he has always been 
And He always will be. So God cannot be killed. God cannot be ended. So why did God become a man? So that He could die. So that He could endure the worst of it. And of course we know why. The question has in it the answer to why. Redemption. So that He could redeem us and rescue us. So Jesus, our Redeemer, what sort of Redeemer are we talking about here? What sort of Redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? Well, one who is truly human. And He was. And also who is truly God. Because Jesus is God, Brian Chapel again, He can accomplish the purposes for which He came. If He was only human, could He raise Himself from the dead? No. No way. Because He was God, He could die as a man and raise Himself back to life. He could rise from the grave. He could be killed because He was fully man, but death could not hold Him, the Bible says. It could not defeat Him. It could not keep Him in the grave. He is the God who accomplishes all that we need even as He is the man who understands all that we need and provides all that we need. So let me give you something I learned this week. If you're taking notes, this might be helpful. If not, you can just remember this. The acronym is WANE. Just, I thought sort of an interesting acronym. It was not very easy to remember. But W-W-A-N-E. And this is how you know. These are, these are five ways that, that reading your Bible, you know that, that Jesus is not truly human, but also truly God. So it's W-W-A-N-E. Where's Greg? Right? Do you remember this? Yeah. Learned it this week at that seminar. So the first W is works. When you read about the life of Jesus, he performed only work. He performed works that only God can do. I mean, there's many of them, right? I mean, there's there's miracles. And we do we do have examples, though, of of like he turned the water into wine. Okay, we have examples of of apostles doing pretty amazing miracles too. We have examples of apostles laying their hands on people and bringing them back to life. We have we have example of prophets in the Old Testament calling down fire from heaven on on altars that had been doused with water. I mean, so we we have we have prophets and, and we have apostles who have performed miracles. So there's some things maybe that Jesus did that you could say, okay, that wasn't necessarily a work that only God can do, because we have examples of other men performing those miracles. But how about creation? John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and that's Jesus, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So Jesus was, was all the way back as the Word, He's one of His names, all the way back at creation. And what does the Bible teach us Jesus was actually doing during the creation of the universe? He was creating the Father was speaking everything into existence. And, and who was actually, who was the agent of creation? It was the Word. It was the Logos. It was the Redeemer. It was the eternal Son of God. So creation, He's able to create. Jesus sends His Holy Spirit. 
is the one, right? Where I'm going, you can't go with me, but I will send another. And who was he telling his disciples that he was going to send? My spirit. The Holy Spirit. That is a work that Jesus clearly did that only God can do. Judgment. Judgment. Who is it at the, at the end of this timeline, at the end of this age, who is it that's going to judge the living and the dead? It's Jesus. It's the Redeemer. So he performed works and performs works that only, only God can do. The second W is worship. How do we know Jesus was God? Well, he was worshipped as God in the New Testament. He was called God. He was, he was given the praises that are owed to God. He was followed and revered as God. A, WWA, attributes. He possesses the attributes of, that only belong to God. Uh, like omnipotence and omniscience. He's all-powerful, able to do anything and everything. He is all-knowing. Knows all everything that is hidden. Knows all secrets. Knows the thoughts of our, our mind and our heart. N. Names. He was called the names of God. Romans 9.5 Titus 2.13 So he was addressed as God. He was called names that only God is called. And E. Equality. He claimed equality with God. Matthew 28, 19. Baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Spirit, but the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The equality. The equality. So, He is God, Jesus is. By His works, the worship He received, His attributes, the names he was called, and the equality that he claimed with God. And so what sort of Redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? Exactly the kind of Redeemer we'll see Jesus was and is. One who is truly human and also truly God. Jesus, last quote from Brian Chapel, perfect God, perfect man, is the Redeemer that we needed. And He accomplished all that was necessary by identifying with our humanity and doing what God had to do to save us. Okay, let's say it together and then I'll pray. Question 21. What sort of Redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? Answer. One who is truly human and also truly God. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for sending your only begotten Son to be born as a man. Thank you for his perfect life. Thank you for his full life, full of sorrow, full of difficulty full of trouble and temptation and joy and surprises everything he experienced God so that he could 
relay to us so that he could sympathize with us so that he could draw alongside us so that he could know us better than anyone else in the universe and love us and care for us and advocate for us. Thank you for sending him to be born as a man so that he could live for us and to die for us. To be the perfect sacrifice. That he would be willing to die on the cross. He who knew no sin, but to become sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. Thank you for raising him from the dead. Validating everything that he said. Vindicating him. He is our redeemer. He is our savior. He is the only one who is truly human and truly God. Thank you, Father. We pray these things in his name. Amen.